The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast this morning. and We're glad you're with us. We're taking a few minutes to enjoy the time together. And uh, welcome to this beautiful Monday morning. Hope yesterday was a good day for you, whether you were part of our church or whether you're watching from a different part of the world. Uh, we really hope yesterday was a good day. I know Sunday's always an encouragement to me, and I hope it was to you as well. Enjoy being able to worship with our church yesterday, and uh, hope you're doing well. This morning we're going to start, we mentioned this, we're going to start a new book of the Bible. Uh, we liken these devotionals to um, do books of the Bible walking through. We think they're a great help. It's a great way to one, obviously, learn from one of the books of the Bible, but I think it's also a great tool in teaching uh, people maybe how to help interpret, how to look through some of the questions, uh, how to learn a little bit. So there's a lot there's a lot of different levels we're hoping to gather in doing this. So this morning we're going to be in Ecclesiastes, and so uh, well, let me give you a little bit of breakdown of what who who wrote it, what it is. Um, Ecclesiastes is right after the book of Proverbs, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Ecclesiastes is written by the same man, Sol- um, Solomon. Solomon being the king of Israel, but also David's son. And we'll see in the first couple of verses here how we know this was Solomon. Ecclesiastes is a unique book because you have to remember Solomon at one point was considered, uh, he was the wisest man to ever live. When he first became king, God met him and gave him an opportunity. He gave him a chance that he could have great wealth, he could have great power, or he could have great wisdom. He had one of these options, and so he chose to have wisdom. Well, because he made the right decision, God gave him all three of those, great power, great wealth, and, of course, great wisdom. And so we see that what you see now is in that process, though, even though Solomon had great wisdom, he made a lot of decisions that we would say probably weren't great. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines. And what we're going to see, what Ecclesiastes is, Ecclesiastes is written towards the end of the life of Solomon. And as Ecclesiastes, he's writing it, he's not necessarily writing. Some people have said that Ecclesiastes is just a book of depression, how depressed Solomon was no matter how much good he has. And while you're going to see sections of Scripture where it really does look like it's empty, it's not a matter of because he wants people to believe that he's depressed. What you see here is you see that he's looking at the end of life and he's saying that I have lived the life that the world says is great. I've had money, I've had all the things, you know, power, wealth, I've had all the things the world says will make you happy. And I have found those things to be empty or vain or vanity, which the word vanity is used 37 times in the book of Solomon or the book of Ecclesiastes. So we look at this, we're looking at somebody who's writing probably towards the end of his life, having achieved everything that we would say would be great to have. And he's trying to encourage his generation, of course, now our generation, not to live life with the idea of trying to gain what the world can offer, because frankly, it's empty. The word vain simply means empty. So let's go ahead and read a couple verses here as we begin. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. He calls himself the preacher. You might see this if your Bible's like mine. It says Ecclesiastes or the preacher. He's using this time to preach or to teach the truth. He comes from the Hebrew word kuheleth. It just gives him the opportunity. He explains he wants to be the preacher here. Verse 2. He says, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor which taketh up under the sun? One generation catches, one generation passes away, another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. So he starts off the idea, and he introduces himself, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. So he's speaking, recognizing that he is, is Solomon. And so he and explains the emptiness. He's talking initially about the emptiness of life by itself, the emptiness of 
of what this world can offer. He talks about the fact you go out to work, you do all this. What are you trying to gain? Well, you're going to gain some money. You're going to be able to take care of your needs. But in reality, it's empty because you're just going to go back and do it again the next day. You're going to go back and do it the next day. A great principle we could pull from that verse is as important as going to work. It's as important as getting the funds necessary. It's important as taking care of your family is and have the needs to be able to provide for yourself. If that's all we do, there's a level of emptiness. God gave, built in each and every one of us a purpose. God built in each and every one of us something that we need to fulfill. It's his will, as we would call it. And if we live this life just kind of getting what the world can offer, we miss out on his will. We miss out on his purpose. And that really becomes empty. So I, I got a house or I got this and I got money, got that. But it's empty because God has something so much more for me than just what this world can offer. So he starts off with that great just simple truth. Then he says in verse 4, one generation path away, another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. So he says, you know, this world's not going to, you know, this world's going to be here. When our, the generations before us have or will pass away, we're, we've taken up, and then one day we're going to die, and the next generation is going to come. You can look and say, we try to make an influence on this world, but the fact is, if all we do is kind of just go through the day, the world's going to be here. We're not going to be here for long. What, in this day and age, what, 70, 80, 90 years about that before God takes us home? So the question, I guess, today is what influence are we making in the world? What impact are we making for eternity? And he really is trying to push us to get away from the, the temporal look of what the world has to offer and look eternally. You know, we can just spend our time in this world, but what are we losing? What are we not gaining by just focusing on that? So he talked, folks, about that. Then he goes down to verse 5. The sun author rises and the sun goeth down. And hate is to show its place where it arose. The sun goeth toward the south and turneth again toward the north. It whirleth continually in the wind returneth again according to its circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, and yet the sea is not full. And the place where from whence the rivers come, they thither they return again. All things are full of labor, and men cannot utter it. The eyes are not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. So he goes again, talks just about the, the part of nature. Part of nature, how it just keeps going. And you can look and say, you know, just it just happens. These things happen. We don't really make these things happen. The wind goes, the rivers go, all these things happen. We don't make these things happen. And, this, and so, again, he can talk about the emptiness of the idea that we come and we live. Life's going to continue to go without us. Now, you can see this as depressed. It's not. He's being rea rea reality about the fact that this world that we strive so badly to gain from is empty. I mean, the world, nature doesn't think a whole lot about us. It just continues and does, does what it does, right? We have been given opportunity to influence the people around us. But um, are we taking advantage of that? Let's continue. No. Um, the thing which has been, it, ha it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. There is no new thing under the sun. I'm going to finish with that thought today. And I think there's a, it's a great truth. He says, listen, everything we see has happened. Now, there's a great principle in that last verse we read. And he says, there's no new thing under the sun. We can look at a lot of principles behind that. We can talk about the idea that the battles we face today were the battles that were faced back in the Bible. day. While they approached themselves differently, they didn't have computers, they didn't have technology like we do today. But uh, the battles, the temptations, they're no different today than they were back in the Bible days. The battles in our homes, the battles in our minds, they're no different than they were in Abraham's day or in Solomon's day. And they're going to be no different in 100 years from now when technology has advanced and all of these different things. Why do we gain from that? What, what do we gain from the fact that all of this... None of this is really going to change. It's just going to keep going. We're going to advance. We're going to make our influence on why. We look at the idea that, again, we, we focus on this. None of this is going to change. So what do we gain from it? 
there's no new thing underneath the sun. What God has stated, one of the principles says, what God has stated in his word is still his word. Yeah, you say it was written thousands of years ago. What was happening there was true to then is true today. And the battles we face, what our grandparents tell us, what our great-grandparents tell us, what our parents tell us about life and things of that nature is still true today. May we grab a hold. See, I think sometimes we come to life with this idea that we know more than the generation before us. And while we may be a little more uh, advanced in using technology and things of that nature, the fact is I think we have a tendency to keep making the same mistakes over and over again. The world says there's you know Generation X and the Millennials and Generation Z, but the fact is when you listen to these generations, while they respond to culture differently, their arguments, their frustrations are the same as they were in my generation growing up. Uh, it's not it's not changed. Nothing of this changes. And so what we need to do is we're not about, hey, what can we change? Because the world's going to continue. What the key is what eternal impact can we have on this? What eternal impact can we have? So the key is if we focus our attention on what we think this world can offer, what we can learn from this world, we're going to find it to be empty. But if we can focus our attention, so the goal is eternal. Okay, how can I learn from the word of God? How can I grow my family, be in church? Basically, instead of seeking the world's wisdom, I seek God's wisdom for life. Instead of seeking the world's wisdom for my family, for my marriage, seek God's wisdom. Instead of seeking for the world's wisdom and how I can deal with anxiety and battle, although there's some things I need to learn from that, seek God's wisdom. God has given us answers for everything. And if we look at the world through what can I gain from the world, we're going to find it to be empty. We're going to find it to be vain, as he said just several times in those few verses. And so he just gets a simple understanding that if we po- we think that this world is going to offer us happiness, and to understand, he was wealthy, he had 700 wives, 300 concubines, he had power, he was well-known, he was considered the wisest man to live in his day, probably ever. And yet he looked at the end of it and says, all of these things that I've gained are empty. May we understand that, that what the world has to offer is truly empty. And may we get a challenge to keep our eyes focused on him. Now, as we get this introductory thought, it's going to be times throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, you look and say, it just seems like the Solomon was depressed. I think Solomon looked back on his life and sometimes wondered if he didn't waste some of what he had put his intention towards. And hopefully we'll look at that. But I tell you, the one benefit, Solomon never lost his faith in God. And there's some great biblical principles we're going to learn in these next few months, next few weeks, as we examine Scripture. Listen, all of us are going to acknowledge there's times of life that are discouraging. What a great opportunity to see how Solomon responded to these things. So I hope you continue with us for the next couple of weeks. As we evaluate different aspects from the book of Ecclesiastes, hope it's a help. We always hope it's an encouragement. Again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll stick with us for these coming weeks as we evaluate this new book. Hope you have a great day. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.